Good morning, Storyline. It's so good to be, how did I used to say it, apart together? Well, it's not. I guess it's better than nothing, but together together is way better, obviously. This was a difficult decision for us because nothing can replace being together. But given everything that's going on in our area and even within Storyline, we felt like this was the best option that we had. So I'm gonna jump right into a brief reflection on what will be part seven of our series on the Beatitudes. Jesus's opening to his most famous and first ever public address, the Sermon on the Mount. Now each Beatitude follows this same pattern. You've probably noticed it by now. Blessed are the blank, for they will be blank. Or blessed are those who blank, for they will be blank. And one person shared with me last week, like Mike, these Beatitudes, they've been hurting so good. And I'm right there with you. I believe me, we all want to be blessed. That is to have or possess, embody or flow with what Jesus called the abundant life. What last week we talked about, or we referred to as flourishing. We've talked about it in the past as a deep sense of meaning or purpose and satisfaction. And what's happening in the Beatitudes is that Jesus is suggesting that the abundant life, flourishing, blessing, is not something that we deserve can earn or achieve. It's not a reward from God for doing things for him. Blessing is experienced in us as we reorient our life with his. And last week, my friend Mike and I were talking about how we've been seeing the Beatitudes are like a map. And Mike said something really interesting. He said, and like following a good map or GPS system, you have to be willing to be rerouted. And I love that. The Beatitudes, in that sense, are an invitation from Jesus to us to reroute our lives into and through places, people, activities that are counterintuitive to what we think the abundant life or flourishing or being blessed looks like. Which is why each of the Beatitudes sounds challenging, but they aren't really a challenge as much as they are a chance if we will trust the map maker. Now, are we willing to reroute our lives into and through the places and people and endeavors that lead us into the blessing that God has already distributed into life, but we only experience on his path? Now, so far we've seen Jesus invite us or reroute our lives according to this anti-intuitive map toward blessing, into and through things like being poor in spirit, mourning, being meek, thirsting for righteousness, being merciful and pure in heart. And this morning's beatitude is another reroute into blessing. It goes like this, and it's from Matthew chapter five, verse nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Now, last week I mentioned that I'm just wondering when I share. I'm not trying to answer any questions. And then I received an email a couple of these, a couple of days ago that said, Mike, you're like our lead wanderer. And I kind of like that, but I wouldn't say lead. I would just say in our community, my role is to wonder out loud and just get the ball rolling. So here's what I wonder about this beatitude. Or the first thing that I notice really is this, that I often look for peace in all the wrong places. I think about peace naturally in the negative sense, as in the absence 
of something. The absence of violence is the most obvious, right? And there's something to that for sure, but that bar, I would argue, is too low. You think about it this way. When we think of world peace, we think of an absence of war. And if we just had no more war, then we would have world peace, right? But do you know when the most peaceful era of human history has been, by that definition, right now? That's right. There's less war going on right now than there ever has been in recorded history. Does anything about life right now feel peaceful to you? So peace has to be more than just the absence of violence. No, Jesus is not talking about that kind of peace. In fact, my friend Patty, who's one of five former pastors who attends Storyline, wrote me about this particular verse one time, and she said, many people think a peacemaker is like, shh, don't wake the baby. But there's much more to it than that. And I think she's right. Jesus is inviting us into something positive, a proactive presence of something. Not just the absence of war or violence, conflict or disagreement. It's more than the lack of stress or what any date, spa, or any vacation can achieve for us. Jesus wants to reroute us into a way of life that is life-giving, nurturing, affirming, and loving. The story of holistic well-being that the Bible refers to as shalom. Now, shalom is not being emptied of discord or discomfort or conflict and stress, but it is by being filled up. Shalom isn't the absence of something bad. It's the presence of someone good in our life. Shalom is a biblical peace, a wholeness, a completeness, fulfillment, inner rest. It's life living without deficiency or lack. Now here's the reroute though. We only experience this shalom, this kind of biblical peace, when we are a part of extending it. That is what peacemaking means, experiencing it personally and extending it actively. Peacekeeping is about stopping violence, maintain the absence of something negative. Peacemaking is nurturing the presence of something good, the positive presence of God and his grace. So how do we do that? So how do we experience this peace in our hearts, if you will? And this is by far the most important thing to say. It's by experiencing a peace with God, a peace with God. We can't have the peace of God in our life without first having the peace with God. And this is the heart of the gospel. There's nothing we can do to get God on our side because he's already on our side. But the question is, how is that so? Why is that true? How can that be? Well, it's because through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, any blame, any shame, any shortcoming or fault, default, failing, or mistake that we could ever imagine might make us unworthy or unfit to be at peace with God is gone. Jesus has absorbed it all. The Bible says it this way in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. We have been made right in God's sight. We have been made right in God's sight. And by faith, we have peace with God. Now, all we have to do to have this peace with God is accept it, trust it. It's ours already is one way to think of it. We simply receive it. 
Now, for those of us who've been raised in the church, or even for those of us who've been around Storyline for a while, this, this is so easy to just gloss over and move past it. But when we take this for granted, we lose the positive presence of the peace of God. Peace with God can devolve into like the negative version of peace, as in the absence of violence, or I know God isn't mad at me, but that isn't the positive presence of shalom in our life, of flourishing. That's just the lack of animosity. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus gave the right and the power to become children of God to those who receive him. This is the positive presence of a loving father in our lives. You know, I watch my young adult children, even now, call their mother almost every day. Almost every day. Why? For encouragement, advice, counsel, comfort. And when I think of my own parents, and I'm way past young adult, and the ongoing, daily positive presence they have in my life, well, those two examples are examples of shalom, more like the kind of peace and connection God wants to have with us. It's not just a lack of discord. It's the active, positive presence of a relational, loving father, mother in our life. So to be a peacemaker, we need to remember this is what God is offering us. And then we get to nurture that kind of relationship with God. Now, what does that look like for you? I suspect it looks very different for different people. I, I called my friend Gloria this week and I could tell right away what she was doing. I heard, shh, shh, shh. Sure enough, she was cross country skiing. Now I know her enough to know that that's part of what she really enjoys. That's part of this peace of God. This peace of God that she experiences because she has peace with God. This, that's part of the positive presence of God in her life. Now cross country skiing, not so much for me. But out of this experience, out of this positive relational presence of peace with God, however we find it, we can now um, experience, or not just experience the peace ourselves, but we extend the peace of God. We embody the peace of God. That completes the circle, and that's like peacemaking. That's what peacemaking is. In fact, in the Bible, the peace of God is not described as a lake. It's actually described in Isaiah, in a book in the Old Testament. It's portrayed as a river. In other words, the peace of God must flow. Now, I think of it this way. If you're ever wondering, is this good thing that I have in my life? Or is this good thing that I'm experiencing my, in my life? Is it from God or not? Here, here's how I always answer that question. If you can keep it to yourself... It's not. If you can keep it to yourself, it's not. Jonathan Edwards is one of my favorite writers and he put it like this. The nature of joy is that it must be shared. If what you're experiencing is from God, whether it's relational, professional, financial, or any kind of blessing, if it's from God, if you're experiencing some goodness from God, it must be extended. We can't help but share it. This is what makes the reroute from I want peace personally to becoming peacemakers. Not just a challenge, 
but a chance. And I want to close with just this one real quick story that I think will help bring this together. Because it was just this fall that I was reminded of this verse um, during the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And, and as we all did, I watched some of the footage again, horrible, devastating, just terrible to watch. I watched some of the documentaries that have been made. And you know what struck me the most? Is that most people were running away from the violence. They were running away from the destruction. And they were in search for safety. They were in search for security. They were looking for peace. And rightly so. The buildings were on fire. They were falling. It's time to run, right? It was chaos. But I was struck in all of that footage by the people going in the other direction. They were headed into the chaos, into the fire, toward the destruction. Why? Because they were firefighters. They were police officers. And they had what everyone else needed. Water, first aid, the way out. They were making peace. They were on a mission to bring what they were experiencing and extend it to those in need. And that's the invitation of this beatitude. And frankly, that's the mission of our Community of Faith storyline. We are on a mission to extend the peace of God with everyone, everywhere, every day. And this is why we say maybe the best church for us isn't the church that's just for us or helping us find our personal peace by running away, but maybe the church that's charging into the chaos to bring the peace of God. We could all run away from it, but only of those of us who have the peace with God, experience the peace of God, can be peacemakers. So that's my question for us in this little reflection this morning on this beatitude. Are we allowing God to reroute us toward places, the people, where there is no peace and extend what we've experienced? Peace with God, the peace of God, the positive presence of our loving Father. Where can we do that this week? This is the challenge and the chance of this beatitude and Jesus's gospel of grace. May we all nurture the experience of God's peace and extend the peace of God to everyone, everywhere, every day. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this technology that allows us to connect, even in this way, on a weekend when it's just too difficult to be together. I pray for the folks who are um, not feeling well. Pray for our country as and the world as we continue to, to move through this pandemic. And um, God, we just thank you for your peace, that we can be at peace with you, that we can experience your peace in our lives and that you have invited us, that you're rerouting us from just seeking our own peace to being peacemakers. And I pray that you would uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the people and the places where we can do that this week. I pray that as we log off this morning and turn to the rest of our day, you'd help us to grow and remain open, alert, expectant and dependent on you.
Thank you so much for tuning in, planning on being together in person next week at Watermark's Solarium.